0: to the season one finale of Artist Avenue podcast. I cannot believe this is already happening. Honestly, when starting up this podcast back in May, I never imagined that it would grow so fast. But here we are, and to top off this beautiful series, I have the lovely Kim Folmley joining me today. Kim is an artist with Swiss and Dutch roots. She grew up in Switzerland and found her love for music and theater very early on. At 19 years old, she moved to Australia to study music theater at AIM. In 2018, she decided to do her master in music theater at the Royal Central School of Speech and Drama in London. After many auditions, she booked her first professional major show as Ensemble Cover Sarah in Tanz Vampire in Germany. Recently, Kim started making her own music and she hopes to share this with the world very soon. And so, without further ado, join me in celebrating Kim's beautiful journey throughout the creative arts. Enjoy the episode.
1: My name is Kim Falmley. It was actually Felmley, but I changed it to Falmley when I started studying um, in English. English people don't seem to know an umlaut, so I made it <laughs> Falmley. Um, I'm 25 years old. I like to call myself an artist, not a performer, because I think I'm more than a performer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I studied in... Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a cat interruption. <laughs> um, I studied in Australia and in in London, and mm-hmm. at the, currently I'm working um in Germany with Tanz der Vampire. Yeah, beautiful. Oh, is she gonna jump? Okay, you go, girl. Is it a girl or? A it's a boy. boy. <laughs> <laughs> you go, boy. He's like um, Garfield.
0: I love him. Um, <laughs> Cool. So, yeah, take us back to the beginning of your journey. How did you start out in the creative arts industry?
1: Well, should I go all the way back to when I was a child? Yeah. Because that's where it started, I think. Yes. Um, <laughs> so um, I grew up in Switzerland, even though I'm half Swiss, half Dutch. But I, I was born in Switzerland, grew up in Switzerland in like a tiny village. And I've always loved to sing and perform like I even in primary school. I was always like I wanted to be the lead in every school play. (laughs) It's very important to me. I didn't care about good grades, but I needed to be the lead. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And yeah, I just loved performing then. And I got on to high school and um, they had a choir there as well and yeah I've always wanted to like obviously sing the solos there as well like it was just like and I, I got um, my main subject in high school had to be music as well obviously mm-hmm. but it was always very much for fun like I just enjoyed it so much I took part in every singing competition that they had in our village and like every little um, performance thing like I've always just had to be a part of it I loved anything performing and when I was twelve or thirteen, um, around that age, I through a friend, I heard about the amateur musical school, um, voice steps in Zug, in Switzerland, and yeah, I went and just like had a look around a lesson, and yeah, I, I just loved it. I was like, oh, these are my kind of people. Like, I can do what I love doing. So, um, I started going there which is very like free time consuming (laughs) yes (laughs) spent like every free minute there and we put on a musical like every year Mm -hmm. and um yeah there it became much more like serious i guess it was still fun but because it was so time consuming you obviously like make a choice Is, is it really your passion or not um i started taking singing lessons um, when I was about 13 and by singing lessons, I'm really like, we just sang songs. <laughs> and I think from like, I guess it was like 16 or so, I changed singing teachers. And that's when it became more serious. We're like, okay, we're actually going to learn technique. But yeah, I think really like serious, it only became like the thought of, wow, I can do this as a profession, I think was only when I was like 17, 18 Mm -hmm. when I was about to graduate from high school. And I heard through um, teachers at um, Voice Steps or like my singing teacher in high school that actually you can do these things for a profession. And I was like, oh my God, that sounds awesome. I want to do this. (laughs) So yeah, that's when I started looking around for schools. Mm -hmm.
0: And how was your journey auditioning for colleges and schools did you look in switzerland as well like was that an option or did you just go internationally and look around the world
1: well back when i graduated in 2014 there wasn't really like any music theater school in switzerland Mm -hmm. like i think now they have one it's called sums or so something like that but like even that i i think it the reputation is building up but like It's still like, you know, it's a Swiss school. Like we we're not very like, we're famous for like banks and money and watches. We're not really famous for theatre, which is a shame. I think we should change that. But anyway, we
0: can still change that. (laughs) Yeah,
1: We're going to change that. (laughs) But, um, yeah, so there wasn't really any school, every Swiss person that I knew that wanted to pursue that profession went to Germany. Mm -hmm. so initially I started looking at all the German music theatre schools and also in Holland because my mom is Dutch and I speak Dutch fluently and so I was like oh you know expand your possibilities so I looked around there I went and visited some schools as well Um, but then I did a gap year after I graduated and wanted to go to Australia for three months and um, learn English there mm-hmm. so I went and I had like the time of my life <laughs> I loved Australia so much was and it then... the first
0: time you went
1: or did yeah. you go before yeah it was the first okay. time like um, also the first time that I went away like to the other side of the world all by myself. Yeah. <laughs> like before I've gone to like the French part of Switzerland or like Italy, but like, you know, it was like, if you want to come back tomorrow, you can. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I went to Australia to learn um, English for three months. Um, and I just loved it there. I love the people. It was exactly my kind of vibe. And I called my dad like on Facebook and I was like, I love it so much, here. like, I don't want to come back and luckily my dad was like well why don't you stay why aren't you looking for a music theater school there and i was like are you serious like Aww. i can't do that <laughs> like that's crazy and he was like it's fine it's good to be crazy <laughs> and um so i was like okay i mean if my dad says it's a good idea why not so he started like googling music theater schools while i was there and because I was there in our fall so like September that's right the um, period of time where they're auditioning because their school year starts in January yes so luckily they were having auditions for the upcoming year so I went on auditioned at Australian Institute of Music Mm -hmm. um, because they don't have that many schools they have one in Perth, which is really famous, and then NIDA, and I think it's called NIDA, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but anyway, <laughs> um, and AIM in Sydney, mm-hmm. and I didn't, and NIDA was very much like acting based, and I did want to, I wanted to do singing as well, and really go to music theatre, so I applied for um, AIM, when an auditioned. I mean, can you imagine, like, I was basically, like, having the wildest holiday three months of, uh, like, a partying. <laughs> and then I had to go in audition. <laughs> like, I didn't train my voice at all. But um, luckily, like, for some miracle, I got accepted. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and, yes. Yeah, so I, I heard back that I was in and um, flew back to Switzerland for two weeks to like pack more stuff. And it was kind of so surreal. Like I didn't really know that I was going like, it just felt like, oh yeah, this is happening, I guess. Like, you know.
0: Just like an elongated holiday in Australia, yeah. you know?
1: <laughs> like I did so not consciously realize like, okay, I'm leaving. <laughs> um, But um, the moment I like, until the moment I was in the plane, when I was sat in the plane, I was like, oh, my God, this is happening. Like, I'm actually leaving. <laughs> like, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> but um, yeah, so I left to Australia. The choice was just like, I guess, like made for me. It was very like not planned, very spontaneous. But to be honest, I think the best looking back now on my journey, I think the best things in my life happen spontaneously.
0: Yeah, probably because you're relaxed as well and you're just like going in the moment.
1: Yeah, and I really believe in a thing of what's meant for you is going to come, you know, and it's definitely going to happen. And I think there is a reason and like looking back now I'm so grateful that I studied in English even though I was never my plan mm-hmm. like I just looked at the immediate choices and somehow you the universe just threw like a better option at me and was like you should do this yeah <laughs> and if you're just like open for that kind of stuff it's
0: it's just yeah. gonna come to you I completely agree with that and I think it's really cool as well like when I found out that you studied in Australia as well I was like. Wow, I've never met anyone (laughs) except for Australian Mm. people. I've never actually met anyone who studied musical theatre in Australia. And I think that's like such a cool experience and thing to have under your belt. Yeah,
1: Yeah, it was definitely like the time of my life.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Was the audition process there for the schools? Was it as well like you had to like bring your own songs and your monologues and a dance audition then?
1: Yeah, we um, had to sing two songs Um, I had to do a monologue and like a dance audition, but it was just uh, one round. Mm -hmm. Like I think in England, um, is it in England where they have like, because at certain schools, they have like several rounds. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they didn't have that there. But I mean, even better. No one wants to go back 10 times.
0: Very true. (laughs) Very true. (laughs) And then Obviously, we'll get onto your UK life as well. Mm-hmm. But before we do that, do you think the way they were teaching in Australia deferred to the way you got taught in England?
1: Well, in my bachelor um, in Australia was actually a bachelor of music with emph- emphasis on music theatre. Mm-hmm. So it was a music theatre program, but we also like very much got taught in music so Mm -hmm. we had like music history and music theory yeah which in that moment i thought like oh this is so stupid like i'm never gonna use this and now i'm so incredibly grateful that i had this like okay music history it's a cool thing to know like it might not be the most important thing but it has definitely like shaped some um had some influences on me um which i think is cool but and also like just some general knowledge, which is always nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, but music theory, like I'm so grateful I had it. I'm even though I hated it in school, but um, <laughs> I I love that I had it now mm-hmm. because I talked to so many music theater people who've done a bachelor just in like in music theater, um, and they've never had any music theory. Like I have a friend who studies a bachelor in London. And um, we just spoke about this a few days ago, and he was like, I don't have any music theory. And I was like, this is c- crazy. Like, I-, I guess it makes sense because you don't really like need it as a performer. But I think I'm, I was very lucky to get into schools where they're very um, focused on making you an artist and encouraging your creativity yeah. and your own work. Because now all these um, things like music theory, I could really, like, use
0: in creating my own work. Definitely. And I think, because in my training, I didn't actually have any music music theory either. Mm-hmm. Um, But I was lucky enough to have it beforehand when I was doing piano lessons when I was little. And, yeah. like, in high school and everything. Mm. But I do think that it should be included in every musical theatre course now. Especially, like, the basics. Because, yeah. especially now when actor musical things are coming out in a way definitely so I That's think it true. is very important and as we said like rehearsals they're mm-hmm. just getting shorter and shorter and shorter due to time and money and space mm-hmm. and I think it is valuable if you know what is on the page I guess yeah
1: no so. I agree I agree I think it's such a good skill
0: to mm-hmm. have yeah for
1: like anything definitely yeah, yeah. Um, it deferred in that way that I had a lot of music based stuff especially Mm -hmm. other than that like i think it was very um similar to my um, master study year that i did it was very like aim australian institute of music was very much also based on um creativity Mm -hmm. shaping you into an artist like giving you your own voice and just having like the normal subjects like singing dancing acting you know all that stuff yeah (laughs) Did you get to see shows when you're out there as well i did not to the extent as i did in london <laughs> obviously <laughs>
0: um but yeah i saw like a quite a few shows definitely mm-hmm. yeah yeah and when you finished studying in australia did you have any time to explore the professional industry there or did you come back to europe immediately mm-hmm.
1: well I did do through school mm-hmm. I did do um, a professional show there the best little whorehouse um, in Texas um, and I was just part of the ensemble there mm-hmm. that was very, like super cool very like a lot of fun but I wasn't I other than that I didn't really have any real experience myself in the industry of like mm-hmm. how you go and audition because also I wasn't looking for an agent because I knew in my last year I um realized very quickly like okay I think I've had enough um here like I I miss my family I want to like go back and yeah (laughs) a cat
0: (laughs) cat number two (laughs)
1: um so yeah I realized very quickly like okay I want to go back to Europe um so I didn't really like look for an agent or like go to auditions or anything Mm -hmm. so but like from what i know from friends that i have there it's very it's very much the same as it is in england Mm
0: -hmm. so you also need an agent and everything to get through
1: yeah exactly
0: yeah he's so cute i just need to pause the interview
1: (laughs) (laughs) no he's so funny he's like a massive baby You're such Such a famous cat.
0: (laughs) No. Um, Yeah. So then you packed up your things, came back to Europe. Mm -hmm. And how did your life continue from then on? Did you come back to Switzerland first?
1: Yes, because like I said, the year is like different there. So they start, they finished in December. (laughs) So you were
0: back for Christmas. That's nice. (laughs)
1: Um, Yeah, was I? i can't remember i uh we were my family came over to australia Mm because we had like the big graduation well not graduation but like end of year we had we all had to do like a bachelor project show Mm -hmm. so we all had to do our own like 30 minute cabaret um and my family came to like obviously see and like celebrate and we had a like two week holiday in australia before we all went back to europe and yeah, so I came back in like December, um, and then I was looking for a job in Switzerland.
0: A performing job or both?
1: Um, not really performing because I knew I didn't wanna, didn't wanna stay in Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Um, like at that point, I've already kind of decided I wanted to go to England. Um, so I just knew I had to like prepare for auditions in spring. And just like kind of get through six months of staying here, <laughs> but yeah, I went to um voice steps and taught there like most of the time. And then I also got a a waitress job, mm-hmm. as you do when you're a creative. <laughs> it's like a thing we all have to go through. <laughs> <Our> muggle jobs. <laughs> but um yeah, I mean it wasn't like a dream job, but it was okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. And. Yeah, so I went and auditioned in spring. Um I did Legally Blonde here in Switzerland as well. Do you know um, I was
0: actually I was I was almost gonna come to that production when it was on.
1: Really? Was that in two thousand Um There must have been 15? No, it must have been 18. 18? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cause, was it on in summer or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. I came, because I was studying in Cambridge and came back and my mom was like, look at all these posters. And I was like, oh my God, <sighs> we should go do it. Because I directed Legally Blonde in my high school. Really? And it was like my Legally Blonde face. I was like, we should go watch it. but then the tickets weren't there. And I was like, mom, we missed the tickets.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was such a cool project. I loved it. Um. Yeah, I loved it. I like played mm-hmm. Elle Woods. I had the time of my life. Like, you lead. <sighs> Such a cool, such a cool part, such a cool, like vocal acting part. But, um, yeah, I loved it, it was so much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, that was it, Really, yeah. That was my six months in Switzerland, very busy, <laughs> it was very based around auditioning
0: in London. Mm-hmm. And how was your experience auditioning in London then?
1: Well, I'm very bad. at researching for schools like it seems like people are amazing at um, finding out which school is going to be the best for them I was incredibly bad at it like I don't know if it's because it's Switzerland but you know we're not really we don't really we're not really taught like about all these schools obviously Mm -hmm. Um, like in England I feel from like high school on they're taught which okay um from high school on we're taught which school um has what kind of qualities and all these things so i didn't really have that i didn't really know the people who could like say oh you should do this school because they're really good in that or yeah. so um i just kind of went on to google and like um tried to find out which schools are good and which schools are like recommendable so obviously I ended up on a list of like the 10 top schools of London <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just kind of went all on all the websites and applied for them. Um, looking back, I'm very like disappointed that I didn't find the Royal Academy of Music. Like now I wish I could have done my year there because I think... a beautiful school. Yeah. and. I think they're like the singing like vocally and everything that I don't know I think it would have just really like fit me and my style of music theater mm-hmm. but yeah it's fine like it's also not the end of the world <laughs> yeah. but yeah I went an audition for like Mount View even like Radha can you imagine like Shakespeare like a Swiss girl comes and like thinks she knows Shakespearean, (laughs) like that was just a massive fail, (laughs) but um, yeah, some funny audition stories, from all these like school auditions, Um, kind of made a fool out of myself a few times, Um, but you
0: learned from it and grew from it, definitely,
1: definitely, and Royal Central School of Speech and Drama, and I got a no from all schools except um, Central, I was on the wait list for Central but um, I kind of in my head if you're on the wait list that's a no like I was like there's no way there's no way I'm gonna get in now so I was already like I was back at home I was ready to um, because Mountview was kind of my last bet because that was my Mm -hmm. last school audition I had and I got through to the second round and then I was waiting and then I got a no back and I was like okay like that's it it wasn't my year I'm gonna have to like stay in Switzerland and like prepare for next year and then I was ready to like expand as well and be like okay maybe I can do something in Germany like look for schools in Germany as well and then like right when I was like looking for schools and like preparing for next year of auditions I just got a phone call from Central. And they were like, "Um, yeah, you're on the wait list. Um, A spot opened up. If you want to come, you're more than welcome. So, and I was like, "Uh, yeah, sure. Like, when are we starting? She's like, in two weeks. (laughs) So again, (laughs) a super spontaneous um, situation. So yeah, packed my bags
0: and went to London. (laughs) Went off. That experience sounds very similar. <laughs> yeah, no, you had the same, right? I also had no's from every single school I auditioned for my MA. <clears throat> and also Central, no, and waiting list. And then mm. when I was in Cyprus and two weeks before, they were also just called up and I was like, sure, I'm coming. Uh, and I was like, great, how do I do this? <laughs> crazy, isn't it? So, yeah. It seems to happen a lot. Yeah.
1: So, I got into Central. And you went. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um. And then, how was... In general, how was your experience in training? Did you have like both places? Did you have any ups and downs and difficulties? And if you did, how did you overcome them?
1: Um, I think in both places, like I think in Australia, obviously, I have very many personal ups and downs because I didn't know um, my English was incredibly bad. I first of all had to learn the language. So that was a massive challenge in itself. And then I was like 18, 19 when I went to Australia. So I was incredibly young. I was away. Like I was so homesick a lot of the time. Had to figure out living by myself. All these like personal challenges. Mm -hmm. So that kind of, but to be honest, like the school, my friends, they were all incredible there. They all helped me through it. Um, In school, I kind of had the same challenges I had in London in the way of. Um, I always got like really small small parts in the shows. And obviously that's very like disappointing and frustrating because you, you get all your life, you kind of get taught you're only worthy if you get the lead, mm-hmm. you know? But, um, and also you also always hear that like, I don't know, kind of you kind of get this feeling of if you're not the special, like the favorite one in, in school, you're not going to be great after yeah you know or that's at least the experience I very much had and I was so it was so frustrating to always get like really small parts and I thought that was going to like define my career I was like oh no if I if I can't even get a a lead in school like how am I ever going to get a lead um outside like in a professional world you know but I can like take um I can Make you all chill out. That's so not the case. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that is such a lie. Like that our brain tells us. Um, if you have a small part in a school show. It doesn't mean you're not going to be successful. But yeah. I think that was a very like hard time. And also as I was always the foreigner. Like in Australia in my degree. I was the only foreigner I had in my class. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so it always like I always got brought back to my accent I was like you have to work on your accent and it was so frustrating I was like well I learned a whole language like how about we speak in German you know I want to hear your accent then (laughs) (laughs) and like obviously you can't say that because you made that choice to like study in English but you know it's so frustrating it's like I learned a whole new language and like all you can see is my flaws and then in in London as well they I I'm very passionate about this thing because you know they Feel yeah. <laughs> um, I think l- we're very like forward and like we we really open up that conversation of like making it, it um inclusive for everyone. Mm-hmm. But then it often feels like accents get a bit left behind. Yeah. Like it's not just about um, appearance, I think, which is a massive thing as well, and should so, like, I think it's so validated, but also you can't forget that there is also, like, a whole, like, foreign, inclusive thing that should happen with accents. Completely get you. Yeah, and I, I often felt like, I don't know, they always said, like, at Central, I don't want to talk bad about the school because I loved it. It was a great year. But I think it's something they should really, like, reconsider. Because they always said they were very inclusive. And they don't mind for, like, accents and all that stuff. But then all the English-speaking people always have the big parts. And it's just, like, it kind of makes you question. Like, you say one thing, but... You know and like obviously you can't really know is it really because they suited the pub better like maybe it is but it just kind of gives you a weird bellyache you know you're it just does. a bit like i don't know kind yeah. of feels like what you say and what you do kind
0: of doesn't match up but <laughs> no i completely agree with you on that point because then you kind of get it in your head that i don't i, ha- I had the same experience i was in london for seven years and be in school and outside, it was always, it came back to my accent and you're not British enough, you're not American enough, you're not this and not that. Mm. And if I did get something, it was always like the thing with the accent, even though some some people were like, you should definitely play a Swedish girl. I was like, cool. I have nothing, like, I, I don't even know, like, what would my accent have to do with Sweden?
1: Yeah. Um,
0: and it was always, like, a bit of a doubting thing. And I remember a lot of the times I was like, will I even make it here because of my accent? Yeah. And it wasn't until I saw a few people come up, like, Selinda mm-hmm. and all those people, and they were doing amazing. And I was like, they have an accent too, mm-hmm. but they made it. So I was like, there is a small window opening up, but it will still take time, obviously. Yeah. But it is a thing to address in the industry, because if you look at it, Because I'm passionate about that as well. I also think in Europe, especially Germany and everywhere, they're so open about accents. Mm. Like, that's not even... I don't know. They're starting to consider it more and more now, which is nice. Because sometimes you don't understand things that are coming out of people's mouths. But it's not their fault either. Like, I always think sometimes I'm like, that's insane. Like, Starlight Express, for example. They have to go and they have to learn, I don't know, to roller skate. How to do the whole choreo and everything in a month or something plus the whole vocals in a different language it is a very taxing Mm -hmm. thing but it's just the point of they're more open over there so i think it should start to be inclusive everywhere in that perspective
1: i do think like there is um there needs to be a balance of like because i'm also not a big fan of when you don't understand the people on stage and i think germany sometimes has a tendency to have that extreme Mm -hmm. um and i think it needs to be like a mix you know it if someone just has like a clear um language and you can really like understand what they're saying yeah um but they have an accent then why is it a problem unless you know it's really necessary for that part to i understand there are places where you really need to have a british accent where you really need to have an irish accent or whatever but also there are so many parts where it's like is it really important Mm-hmm. Or is it just important that they have a clear English language? Yeah. So, yeah, I'm very, like, torn. I'm like, we should open up. But at the same time, I also love a good challenge. And, like, I've taken so much language and accent lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not my strength, I think. But um, I'm working on it.
0: <laughs> yes, on your RP. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and how was your graduating journey after Central? Mm-hmm. Well, I came
1: out... I had a, um, a really crazy health issues because of my sinuses. Mm-hmm. I had chronic sinusitis um, for, for like three years. So like, I think like it started like in the middle of my bachelor
0: mm-hmm.
1: on to um, like in London. It was just insane. Like I was just sick all the time or like and my For someone to have a cold, that was my normal state. Like, I just did a whole master degree with a cold, basically. So, I knew, like, after my master's, I finally found a doctor who could, like, help me. And I needed to get, an um, like, a surgery to um, get that all, like, fixed. So, um, after my master's, I had an agent through the showcase. um, And it was insane because... I came out of um, Central, got a Le Mis audition for Cosette. Mm-hmm. So I did that and then knew I had to um, do the surgery and then also got a callback for Cosette. Mm-hmm. But I was like done with surgery. But obviously like it was such a massive change because they're all like your resonance bodies in in your head and like that has changed so so much so i needed to like readjust my singing and um i wasn't able to sing for like i think it was like four or six weeks or so Mm -hmm. um so i had like the callbacks and dealing with like my recovery and so my callbacks was not good. Cause also as Cazette you need to sing so high. And I was not in a place of like hitting that high C. <laughs> um, so yeah, I didn't, um, it was a great experience, but I, did, I didn't get, um, I got a no after that obviously. Cause I was so not in the space, but I think there was like such a slap in my face. Like, oh my God, I just missed a massive chance. Like, oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> my recovery was so much more important. But yeah, um, it was very frustrating because then, like three months after graduating, I was very like dealing with recovery and all these things. And it was frustrating in the sense of auditions were very hard. I had to mm-hmm. refine my voice, refine my resonance, and all that. But then finally, um, I had a great singing teacher who really helped me finding my voice again yeah and then I just auditioned like I think I had like mostly like one audition a week or like every two weeks yeah just really like it was very frustrating because I auditioned for a whole year Mm -hmm. um and it very much felt like oh my god what am I what am I doing like am I ever gonna get a job like it was it all were like, and you were also faced with all these questions. Of, um, I invested so much time, energy and money into into like studying um, music theater, like I can't, I cannot give up now. Like, yeah. and like, I've invested all of this, but I'm not getting a job. Like, what if I never get a job and all these things? And oh, it was just like mentally very challenging. And I think no school um, can prepare you for it. Mm -hmm. Like, I think Central has done quite a good job at preparing you for unemployment and these mental challenges, but it was just very hard. I have a great agent, though, I have to say, and... um, we, she was always very supportive. She was always like, "Do not worry. This is a long. This is a long game. Like, mm-hmm. and I know you have the potential. I know you. You will like get there. You just need to have your moment. Yeah. And it's very true because yeah. Then vampires came, and I guess that was my moment.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was. <laughs> How was the audition experience for you in? the UK and in Germany, was it any difference? Um, I mean, I
1: think the biggest difference is the amount of people Mm -hmm. like in the UK it's just insane like I also went to that's an extreme I went to like open auditions obviously where you have like thousands of people and you're like oh my god like how many are there (laughs) Um, um, but then also the normal auditions where you still have like so many people and um, in Germany there's definitely like a little bit less and it's it's a bit more personal Mm -hmm. I want to say I don't know they also said like Kim you know and all like in England I had a a lot of the time I experienced like this number thing yeah (laughs) I think they they're Mm -hmm. they're, like changing it I think it's gotten more onto names now but just felt like yeah
0: another number in the corner (laughs) (laughs) exactly
1: um so it 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 was nice like it's nice to have this like personal touch but obviously there were less people Mm -hmm. in the audition process in Germany as well so yeah I think that's the biggest change other than that. Maybe like the amount of rounds. I think in England they tend to have more rounds, mm-hmm. um, especially for like big productions. In Germany, like Vampires is, I guess the equivalent for Les Mis in, in the UK. And they only had the first round and then the finals.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And like, I think in the UK, if you're doing Les Mis or Phantom, you have like 10, 15 rounds. In <laughs> there for months. <laughs>
0: so yeah I guess that's a big difference as well Mm -hmm. and did you because obviously you booked the job and did you feel any (laughs) difference whilst auditioning over there like was there a moment in that audition where you kind of thought like yeah this is probably it I've got this yeah um I
1: think you always hear this thing of people they say like oh You feel when, you feel when it's right. Mm -hmm. And I was always like, yeah, sure. (laughs) Like, I did, I never felt it. And I've been auditioning for a year. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) But then it's true. It's so true. Like, I felt it as well. Like, I was in the first round. Mm -hmm. I was so sick. Really? So sick. I like, I think I had a fever. Like... Uh, I guess like adrenaline kind of got me through mm-hmm. um, but and like I gave it my last little ounce of energy in that first audition because I came out and I lost my voice straight away it, I was so incredibly sick and I was like there's no way like there's no way I'm getting I'm getting called back like I'm just too sick like there's gonna be all these amazing girls who are healthy and fit um <laughs> so yeah And the funny thing is, I missed the email where they invited me for the callback. Don't ask me why. (laughs) I'm so chaotic. (laughs) Like, I'm just pure. I'm just a mess. Like, I just missed the email. (laughs) And then luckily, like... Um, The casting director emailed me again and was like, Hey, Kim, um, we sent an invite for the finals um, like a week ago and we still haven't heard back. Are you like interested or not? And I was like, oh my God, I've never seen the email. I'm so sorry. Like, (laughs) um, obviously, like, yeah, I'm very interested. I'm coming. (laughs) So I went back and um, I think that felt good because I was like, oh, yes, you know i can show them now what healthy kim can do mm-hmm. um and in that final i um i don't know i felt a thing of like this is my part like i know i know i'm i'm, I'm sarah like you can't choose another girl mm-hmm. and i've never felt that kind of confidence in an audition of like i am the one for you and might have overheard one of the um panel people say oh, she, um, it's her, it's her, like, Mm -hmm. she's the one. And I was like, but obviously you don't want to believe that because you've gotten like, a coffee, (laughs) coffee noise in the background. (laughs) Um, What you get in the Swiss Alps? (laughs) Um, So you don't want to believe that because you've gotten so many no's Mm -hmm. and, like, you don't want to get your hopes up because you know you're going to, like, really crash on the floor. But um, I was so obsessed. Like I got home to London because I flew to Hamburg every single time for these auditions. Mm -hmm. Got back to London and... um, I was like watching every possible YouTube video of the show mm-hmm. and I was like I have to do this like I'm perfect for this part and I, I can sing it I can play it I look like her like I just need to get it. And then I got the phone call like while I was watching a YouTube video of like oh <laughs> <laughs> of like her uh, Sarah in the bathtub. <laughs> Hi
0: Kim how are you? Yeah I'm just watching yeah. uh, Tanz Vampire. Oh my god
1: and I was just so in shock like I was so so happy I was like <sighs> okay, like, that feeling exists, like, and I, it didn't fool me, like, it is real, like, you know when something belongs
0: to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's great. That's a, that's such a beautiful story as well.
1: <laughs> I think, yeah, it's encouraging. <laughs> it is.
0: <laughs> Obviously, during auditioning, did you ever feel like time was running out?
1: Yeah. Not like necessarily like time was running out in the sense of like I'm gonna die tomorrow, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, it very much like just so much pressure. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, like, I'm, I'm kind of hoping now that it's gonna be different once I come out of uh, vampires, mm-hmm. that I'm not gonna feel that pressure anymore because I know I've booked a job, like, I know I can do it, yeah, but. I think that's the biggest problem after graduating and booking your first job that you kind of, I don't know, like, why do people seek so much confirmation? Like, it's such a question I have. Yeah. Because it's so annoying. And I think it's death to every artist that is, we, like, yeah. seek this validation. But, um, yeah, I just really needed, I was really, like, looking for that validation of, like, everything you invested was worth it. Yeah. And like it so was even if I didn't book a job, but for some reason it
0: feels like it's only worth it if you book a job. It's this weird thing, isn't it? Like yeah, no, I can, I'm in that stage actually now because mm. a lot of the times I'm like, mm. but what I'm the same. I've invested so much time, so much of my life, and it's what I want to do. But because there's not this job that comes, I'm like, am I good enough? Mm. Like. Am I a good enough singer? Am I too much? And then it turns into a mind game. But then again, one thing that I started realizing now is like, even getting invited to auditions is a step as well. Definitely, Because that's not a given. Because I always thought everyone gets invited, you know? No, it's very hard. And it is tough, but it's so crazy. Like this validation thing that you have to be in a job Mm. is such a present thing. And Mm. it's true. I don't know where it comes from either. Yeah.
1: And also, well, I think also like maybe the CV thing has a lot to do with it as well, because obviously people look at your CV and once you've booked a professional job mm-hmm. after you graduated, like, you know, it's something on your CV and people say, oh, it's going to get easier to get invited as well and seen for yeah. things. But yeah, it's just like, I don't know, I guess to some extent that CV makes um makes it important to like book a job yeah very true
0: um and then leading into your first job how (laughs) did you find the rehearsal process because obviously it was your first big professional Mm
1: -hmm. job
0: with a very big known company in germany
1: yeah um yeah so i moved to um germany the day before we started rehearsals Mm -hmm. um because i was doing an operetta in switzerland all summer Uh uh-huh so and then i went back to london packed my things and moved to germany um and yeah obviously like it was crazy i was so nervous like meeting new people being again like in a new city Mm -hmm. and it was for the first time actually when i went to move to germany that i was a bit like oh my god i have to move again like Mm i was always the kind of person who was so happy to move anywhere in the world but um i think maybe maybe it becomes like maybe the older you get maybe you have a bit more of a thing of oh i like this place and i like having my friends here so that was a big like change and challenge for me and then rehearsals i just really enjoyed it to be honest Mm -hmm. like i didn't Like, in the ensemble things, I didn't really feel, like, challenged and very quick with picking things up. Um, I just had, like, a lot of fun with the people. I was just really enjoying the process. The one big challenge was when the first cast, Sarah, um, she got sick in the rehearsal period. So I needed to jump in. And obviously, like, I don't know, you kind of make, you build up this pressure for yourself. Because really, like, no one is expecting the best of you, like... Mm -hmm you know i never booked a job before i didn't have any rehearsals in this part like everything i did I did in my, a self-study, mm-hmm. but like I said before, I was very obsessed with the part, so <laughs> I knew everything. <laughs> um, so I had to jump in, and for me, that was like, oh, I have to prove myself, I have to prove... Like, why? <laughs> you got the job, chill out. <laughs> but I got very into that mindset of, I have to prove myself, which is so unhealthy, it's not going to make the best of you. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I was really like stuck in my mind that first rehearsal day and like the resident director took me to the side and he was like, Kim, chill out. Like, we are not expecting anything of you. Just do your best. If you say, I don't know this part, can um just say stop. Like, we're gonna rehearse it with you. We're gonna show you where you have to go and um, don't feel like, you know, there's pressure on you or anything like Mm -hmm. we're just so happy you're jumping in so from that moment on i kind of like started calming down a bit and i was like okay kim like just have fun other than that it was like really a really nice experience yeah
0: and when you went on the first time did you go on with a scheduled timetable or was that spontaneous (laughs) as well
1: like my premiere as sarah yes um yeah that was it was scheduled so Mm -hmm. The only thing that was a bit because i had to jump in in rehearsal um pe- period mm-hmm. i i didn't have a put-in uh-huh. where you like get a fully like dress rehearsal kind of thing on stage yeah. um and i didn't really have too many um extra rehearsals after that because i had to like jump in for her for like five six days mm-hmm. but like which was okay like i'm very quick at picking up and stuff and like I'm quite generally quite chill and like happy with a challenge but like looking back everyone was like you're crazy like you're <laughs> you should be having more rehearsals like this is not okay and I was like it's fine like it's gonna be fine like I'm just not worried at all and then I had um so my premiere for Sarah was scheduled mm-hmm. and it came up and um first you go, uh, Sarah, your first moment, you come out with the bathtub and like you don't see the audience or anything and you come out and the first time you see the audience is when you're sitting on bed Mm -hmm. and I looked out and I was like, this is real, (laughs) like there is actually people watching now and like stage fright hit me, (laughs) I was so nervous and like I swear the whole premiere just went by on like autopilot. I did not know, like, my, my body just took over. My mind the whole time was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, get me out of here. <laughs> and it was just like, my body just took over. And the amount of times I was like, I don't know the lyrics, I don't know the lyrics. And my mouth just kept singing. It's such a strange experience. I but um yeah I survived it was all fine and from that moment on just kind of relaxed settled. a bit more
0: yeah. yeah so in your opinion what do you think unites us as creatives um
1: well I think all creatives they have a lot of courage
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think um they're very brave people because you know you kind of fall out of line i guess you don't live in stability or like you don't you're faced with unemployment and like in society's eye you're often looked at as like Mm i know even now in corona times you know the amount of times we had to hear like artists are not important yeah and like that is such a crazy statement to face as an artist is like okay, well, I want to see what you're going to do without artists then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, no one would have survived um, quarantine, but anyway. Yes. <laughs> um, so I think they're incredibly brave people, and I think um, we're all, like, I don't know, we're all, like, giving our lives to make people feel mm-hmm. and maybe look at things that are uncomfortable. Yeah. Um But so we really, I think we really like keep humanity alive. I like that a lot. (laughs) Yes,
0: yes. (laughs) Um, And touching upon Corona, how did that actually affect you? And how did you keep busy during this mad time?
1: Well, I, we stopped, it was end of March, right? I think we stopped the shows like mid end March, something like that. Yeah. Um, We had to move first to Stuttgart. Um, because we were supposed to change cities Mm -hmm. because we were six months in Oberhausen and then Mm -hmm. go to Stuttgart. So we all moved. And then I came to Switzerland because everything was cancelled or, like, postponed, I should say. Um, So, yeah, um, first I was very much, like, just enjoy a break. Mm -hmm. Like, it also felt like, oh, this is going to be, like, a four-week thing. It did, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, I'm just gonna enjoy the break, like it's gonna be fine. But then it kind of went on. It was like, oh, this is gonna be like a five year thing. <laughs> 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 so um, I was like, okay, I should really like, you know, if I if I'm just gonna lie around and watch Netflix every day, I'm not gonna get into a good mindset. So I was like, um, I should do some things I've always wanted to do. So. I knew I wanted to learn guitar for years, but I never did it. (laughs) So I was like, now's the time. Mm -hmm. So I started learning guitar. um, I started recording um, a lot of covers. And before um, Corona hit, I had a lot of problems with my mental health. I think because it was a lot of pressure um, and like the first job, I didn't really know how to handle it. I really got into a very bad mental health state Mm -hmm. um, which obviously wasn't pretty and nice but um, I learned so much about myself and so much about what's important Mm -hmm. um, for me what my priorities should be and all these things Um, but because I was really facing like a lot of dark days um, I wanted to I was in therapy for months as well um to just like help me get through this because i was like if i'm not facing this i i don't know how to deal with it by myself and yeah i don't know i just like i just really needed help yeah um and and that's
0: okay i think it is important to address that it is okay to get help
1: yeah i think it felt strange in the beginning but now i'm very grateful that i like had the courage to go and get help and i'm so much Um, I came out so much stronger now and like I really know if this is gonna happen again I know what like I even know how to prevent it first of all but then also I know what I have to do for myself Mm -hmm. to stay in a good mental space and I think that is so important and like no school can really teach you that They they try to but obviously reality is always very like yeah different um and I wanted to, like, process all of this. Mm-hmm. And music has always been my first love. Music is my first love. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that just came into my head. Um, but, yeah, it's always been my first, like, thing. It's been my passion. I've always written songs um, myself, but, mm-hmm. I kn- like, they were just for myself. I never showed anyone. So I was like, you know what? Um, this is a good time to, like, write my own songs and I really want to process what has happened mm-hmm. um, and find my own voice again, find my confidence again. So um, I started writing songs about um, my mental state. Um, and I was all also, for the first time, I was like, oh, I'll just share it. Like, you know, I was so embarrassed about me mentally not being very strong for... Um, like the past year that I was like you know what I'm gonna share it like it doesn't make me weak it's a part of me Mm -hmm. and I don't want to have to like always put on a smile like it's just not realistic like everyone has hard days so um, I wanted to share my songs like obviously not I didn't go out and say like oh guys I really had like problems mentally so here's a song like they just heard the song and they could take from it whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I got a message from a producer mm-hmm. and he was like, I really like love your songs. I would love to work with you mm-hmm. if you're interested. And I was like, oh my God, I would like love that. I'd love to do some like... Because I'm okay with instruments, but I'm not great. So first it was just like, yeah, let's just work together. You know, we're uh, both artists in Corona. We don't have anything to do. Let's just do something fun. And then it kind of evolved more and more into this is really good. Like we we should record this. He has a lot of friends, obviously, with like a studio and stuff. And we could go into the studio, have a songwriting session and like record um, demos and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so now the plan is to record an EP with um, five songs. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all like finished and ready to... To be recorded, but yeah, we're doing like a crowdfunding thing as well soon because obviously it costs so much money to like record, yeah. Um, and I cannot finance it, <laughs> <laughs> so um, we're doing like a crowdfunding, um, soon as well. And we'll record like an EP, yeah, that's exciting, yeah. <laughs> and I think what's really like the best thing, and I think the biggest message that I took from this whole like journey and project Mm -hmm. with music is that you know i'm so much i'm an artist that's why i don't like to identify as a performer anymore i -hmm. I always want to say i'm an artist like i'm not i'm not just doing music theater like i have my own voice i have my own story i have something to say i'm not just one thing like Mm -hmm. we can get so caught up and we're performers and we're just doing this And I think Central was very good at teaching us that as well. Like, we're so much more like we're humans. Humans are so complex. Like we do so many things. Yeah. Why should we not as artists do so many things? Exactly. We have so
0: much to give. And we have a really beautiful way of changing things and making things more present. So Mm -hmm. that is true. So,
1: yeah, I think uh, that's just really, like, giving me confidence as well to, like, really trust that creative, artistic voice of mine mm-hmm. and be like, I have something to say and, like, I can do more than
0: mm-hmm.
1: be a music theatre performer. Yeah. Which is also a huge part of me and I love it, but also it's given me some feeling of independence. Yeah. You know, because it's that music project um, is just mine. Like, mm-hmm. I'm the boss. I don't have to wait for anyone to say, yes, you're allowed. Yeah. Like, I can, I take all the decisions are made by me. It's 100% Kim, and hopefully, the people will react positively to it. And if not, it's completely fine. Mm-hmm. Like, it, that project is just for me, and mm-hmm. I'm happy to share it with anyone who's willing. But, um, if not, it's completely fine as well. It's just my own thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just given me so much confidence and, like,
0: um, peace as well. Yeah. no, yeah, it's beautiful. I can't wait for it to come out then. <laughs> <See>? Neither. <laughs> um, So, you've touched upon it, obviously, just now, but what would you say is the biggest thing that you have learned on your entire journey as an artist then?
1: Well, it's... Definitely, like it's a journey.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I'm still uh, very much learning. Like I've, I've experienced nothing <laughs> yet. Yeah. <laughs> um. But I think the most important thing, and what I always come back to, is relax. It's gonna be okay. And like, what I've learned very much is like, stay you, be true to yourself. You know, mm-hmm. and trust you, and. I think we can get so um, muddled up in wanting to listen to other voices and wanting to be something people want to see or like, yeah. you know, just be like this or be like that. But I think whenever it gets a bit too much for me, I have to like go back to my quiet place and be like, who am I? What do I want to do with this life? Yeah what do I want to say what is important to me you know and I also learned that my career is not what defines me it's a part of me but I'm also a human I'm also Kim and like even if I don't book a job I'm still a good human
0: yeah and And you're so worthy
1: yeah and I think as performers because our career is so life-consuming sometimes if we don't book a job it can be very much yeah it just becomes so personal yeah you know and you feel like you're not worthy anymore but so i think it's really important to have things outside of theater and you know like you're doing this amazing podcast (laughs) you know like which i really love (laughs) i'm a massive fan (laughs) i'm so honored to be on (laughs) it i'm honored to have you (laughs) um but you know i think it's great to have these projects and like remember you're so much more than your career Mm -hmm. you know there are so many ways and you just have to find your thing even if people might say you know the amount of people who said about my music project like are you sure like so do you want to do music now like are you not gonna do music theater anymore and like all the like is this more your thing now and I was like no I just I just do several things you know like I don't know I want to like this feels right right now maybe in five years it doesn't feel right anymore to do write my own songs but right now this feels right and
0: um yeah yeah that's interesting because i would have because maybe i don't know because i see see it as merging together like writing your songs it's all in the creative field mm. so that's really interesting i think
1: in england it's probably more normal mm. that i think in england you're very much Used to um, artists doing a lot of different things. Like yeah. a lot of performers, you know, do, I don't know, have their own dancing company and yeah. do performing stuff as well or whatever. Um, in Germany, it's very much like you're a music theatre performer. So you've seen that lane. Yeah.
0: Interesting. And, um,
1: yeah. I don't know. So I'm just trying to like really find yeah peace within myself and always remind myself of who i am yeah and yeah just do what's right for you Mm -hmm. we can those outside voices just get so loud and you need to like sometimes turn the volume down and be like what do i want what's important to me what feels right to me Mm -hmm. and really ask those questions and really do that and then go for it like do it with all of your heart. Mm-hmm. Give it your best shot. And I really think if you go with your heart and you give it your best shot,
0: you can't really fail. Very true. What do you think if you had to define yourself? Well, not define yourself. Let me start again. What do you think makes you unique as an artist? Well, I think like in a
1: very like superficial way, probably <laughs> it's like my languages. <laughs> um but on a more deeper level I think what what I think makes me unique is that I am not just like one-sided I'm Mm -hmm. very like a a, I'm a person who can be excited about everything and like I I know a bit of everything like I know a bit of like making music I know a bit of like I would even love to do a dance project, even though I'm not a dancer. And <laughs> like I like write my own like short stories. I wanted to write like a children's book at some point. I kind of also have this thing of I want to write my own musical, you know, at some point in my life. And so I'm very like interested in doing all these like creative projects and a lot of on my journey, a lot of people have made me feel like, that's a bad thing that I'm not just like, I'm going to be the best music theater performer this planet has ever seen. Mm-hmm. And just focus on these, like, three skills. But I, like, the more um, I go along, the more I come to the conclusion of this whole, like, chaos and, like, wanting to do everything and, like, being interested in everything is actually my strength. Mm-hmm. And it makes me around artist, you know I think because I am so you know I learn about logic and oh yeah you know and like, like I learn instruments and like I thought that was a bad thing but really like how can it be a bad thing if you're if you're a performer like it can only help you if you know how to play
0: the guitar yeah and yeah and you some... never know what you need to act so if you have all these little skills you can like use that for your acting you never know yeah
1: and sometimes the road goes like different way Mm -hmm. and you just kind of like in the beginning you know the best thing comes come come really spontaneously Mm -hmm. and i really need to remember that my um spontaneous nature is my strength and that my like yeah that that character of like being excited about everything and wanting to do so many different things and wanting to explore all these things is actually a strength of mine. Because if you don't explore everything, then why, like, how are you going to find what's the right way for you? Yeah, that's beautiful.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And do you have any last comments or advice for our listeners before we end this?
1: I think, like, relax, you know, trust, trust that it's going to, like, work your ass off, Mm -hmm. I think. You know, especially for like graduates, I think now is such a hard time with Corona. Like, oh, I've been thinking about this so much, but um, I think. Really work on your skills. Take everything that seems like a disadvantage, like you know, now not having all these auditions and opportunities come up. Take this time and really like work on your skills. Mm-hmm. You know, re- record, like use social media, record covers, publish things, like talk to people, connect with people. You never know what you're gonna get out of it. Like, I just put a video up on Instagram and a producer messages me like you never know Mm -hmm. just stay open to opportunities and possibilities um take everything take like take life like with open hands you know yeah and um yeah and also I think what's really like stuck with me is Sierra's quote um you are enough you are so enough it's unbelievable how enough you are and I think that is something I always come back to because it's so true. It it's is. so true. Like work on yourself, but also know that you are perfect just the way you are.
0: Well, that's wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you had for a having blast me. had listening
1: to you. <laughs> it was so nice. Thank you so much.
0: And just like that, series one has come to an end. I hope you've enjoyed listening to Kim's inspiring journey. At this point, I would like to say a big thank you to all the lovely creatives that came on and shared their stories. Also, a big shout out to all your gorgeous listeners and supporters out there. The growth and development of this podcast would not be able without your support. Stay tuned and keep up to date for the exciting new season coming your way this fall. Till then, keep smiling, stay safe, healthy, happy and positive. Lots of love, Christiana.